Amen. Most of what we know about like Christmas story or when we tell the Christmas story, we start with Luke chapter 1 and 2. We're getting, that's really kind of where we're going to be today. Uh, we're also going to go to Matthew chapter 1 and 2 as well. But Luke chapter 1 and 2 is really what we call the Christmas story. I had somebody say to me a long time ago that Luke wrote the first Christmas musical. Okay, here's how it begins. I mean, you got Zacharias, the old, old priest. You know, he gets a promise from God, and he prophesies. And, you know, and you, okay, maybe you don't know this, but I meant, you know, back then you didn't just prophesy. Say, let me, let, let me give you a word. No, I meant they prophesy. I mean, he, he's, he's, uh, he's singing out probably some baritone voice or something, you know, and he's singing out his prophecy. And then Elizabeth, she chimes in, and she starts singing out her prophecy. Then Mary shows up with the baby Jesus already in her womb. But she, when she shows up, and Elizabeth, who's got John the Baptist in her, her womb, that this unborn baby in Elizabeth's womb, he leaps for joy in, in, inside his mother's womb. And then, and then we've got Zacharias, again, singing out, you know, that baritone voice once again. And then Mary, she sings the longest of all, the, of, all of them, uh, Mary's Magnificat. She sings her, her long uh, song there. She says, my, my spirit does rejoicing in Christ my Savior, as God has, has considered me highly favored above all women. And she sings. And then in Luke chapter 2, the sky fills with angels. They sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men. And, and the, you know, it is like a Christmas musical. I mean, if you wanted to do a, a musical, write one for a church, you wouldn't have to do anything except just take Luke chapter 1, chapter 2 and just do it. I mean, it's a, it'd be a great Christmas musical because they were singing. They were, and why were they singing? Because they were happy. There was something to celebrate. They had been given promises. They got happy. Do you, do, don't you sing when you get happy? I, I whistle sometimes when I get happy, you know. I, I don't know. But our, our granddaughter, Brooklyn, she's five. She sings when she's happy. And sometimes she gets a little too happy. And, and granddad, pop, has to say, uh, you need to quieten down just a little bit. Because, you know, she could just get louder and louder and louder and louder as she sings, you know, until you just kind of say, quieten down just a little bit. That's what was going on here in Luke chapters 1 and 2. You start off with that baritone, Zacharias, you know, and then Elizabeth, and then back to Zacharias and Mary, and, and then finally you've got the, the skies full of angels, and they're singing and shouting, glorifying God, because there is something awesome, a reason to celebrate. So let me take you. Let's go to the shepherds, and uh, let's talk about the reasons we have. And you remember last week we talked about reason and faith, and how we kind of drill down into the, the verses of Scripture, and we kind of pull stuff out and realize, man, that's what we want to do today. We want to reason the scripture and see what the scripture says, not just to them 2,000 years ago, but to me and you. These scriptures speak to us as well. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, and then I, I had to memorize this back when I was a kid. I had to, to quote it in a, in a Christmas program, kind of like Linus did in Charlie Brown, you know, Christmas. Y'all see that this year again? You know, it's kind of like you got to see that. I mean, every year you got to watch it, right? I mean, even though you know everything's going on. And I, I learned it in King James, so if I quote it a little differently, then it's up there. You'll understand why I think this is new King James. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This angel is talking to shepherds. This angel is talking to shepherds. And the angel is about to tell them about the birth of a king. And can't you imagine when the, when the angels begins to say, I want to tell you about a king being born, the shepherds are like looking around and say, I think you came to the wrong place. 
You're looking for the palace right down the road over here. You know, you, you know, they don't tell us about kings being born like me and you. I mean, if we want to know what's going on in the Buckingham Palace, I mean, we can go buy a tabloid, right, you know, and, and find out. But, you know, that's, that's old news. I mean, when, when news begins to happen in Buckingham Palace, you know, they tell the inner circle, and then it leaks out, right? And I'm not in the inner circle. They don't call me and tell me, you know, when some, you know, one of the princesses is pregnant, you know, going to have a baby. They don't tell me that kind of stuff, or one of them get. they don't call me first. Because I'm not, anybody here in the inner circle of the Buckingham Palace? We're not in the inner circle, are we? But here's your first reason to celebrate this morning. You're in God's inner circle. Amen. You are in. When, when, when there is good news to tell, guess what? You're included. It's about you. It's about, it's about, because the angel said, it's to all people, the whole world. This is good news to everybody. There's your reason to celebrate, number one. First reason to celebrate is, this is good news to me. So every, everything I want to tell you this morning, I'm telling you, you are included. You're in God's inner circle. Every promise, every blessing, every miracle, it's yours as well. Okay, so uh, it says it will be to all people. So let's go to our next verse. So here, here's what is this good news. For there is born. You know what a birth is? A birth is the beginning of something. It's not the culmination it's not the final product. Jesus Christ, when he was born, was not 30 years old, ready to be hung on a cross of Calvary. He wasn't 6'2", or how, I don't know how tall he was, you know, but he wasn't fully grown. He wasn't ready to be hung on a cross. He was, it just began that day, okay? Here's what I want you to understand. Even, even in this, the very most important thing that God ever did for me and you, for the earth, it began it didn't happen. It began, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. What has happened in you? You became a Christian. Some people, some people think, man, I became a Christian. I thought everything would be worked out and wouldn't have any more problems. No, no, no. It began in you. Okay, and you know, if you're not a Christian, then let me encourage you to hurry up and become one because it's got to grow. It all doesn't happen, you know, so it's, and it's still growing. But here, here's, to me, here's the, the, the biggest reason to celebrate is if this thing is growing in me, if this thing of God is growing in me, that means... As good as it is today, it's going to be better tomorrow. And it's going to be better next week. And it's going to be more awesome the next week. The power of God, the understanding that I have about him and the things that God does in my life, it's going to be better next month and next month and next month. This thing is ever growing. And, and, and as, good as, as good as it has ever been, as good as it has ever been, it's going to be better tomorrow because it's just the birth. It's just the beginning. So until you is born this day, today, today. You know why that's important? You know why that's important? Because the Israelites had not heard anything from God for 400 years. If you look back in the Old Testament, you might think that, man, prophecies were just being spit out constantly. But those were spread out over, I mean, the Old Testament was written about 1,600 years. All those prophecies and things. You know, so those were spread out, so it wasn't like that. But then they get to this period, for 400 years, nobody heard anything from God. Nobody heard a thing. Think about how long that is. Generations lived and died without ever hearing a word from God. Generations. Whole generations of people lived and died without ever hearing a word from God. And I don't mean just a generation. All over the whole world, for 400 years, nobody had heard anything. And you know, I've said something several times, and some people look at me like I'm crazy. But let me explain it a little bit. And it's this is that sometimes hearing bad news is better than hearing nothing. Okay, now somebody say, I 
I don't know about that. Well, let me ask you this. When your doctor walks into your room and says, I ain't got a clue what's wrong with you. Is that good news? No. Did you rather hear that? Or did you rather, I mean, after a while, you know, maybe the first time the doctor says that, you're not too concerned. But the doctor keeps saying that. I ain't, heard, I ain't got a clue what's wrong with you. And keeps saying that. Keeps, eventually, you're like, hey, diagnose me with something no matter how bad it is just so we can treat it and get better. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's better to hear bad news than no news at all. That's where they were. I mean, for 400 years, they'd heard nothing. Now, all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, I got some good news for you. Bam! It's, it wasn't, it was, I guess it was a double bam, you know, because it, was like, it wasn't just news. It was good news that they were hearing. They were receiving good news. There's, this, this good news was a great joy. It was born this day. It was beginning this day. Right now, here, it has is, it is finally started. What you've been praying for, what you've been wanting, it has finally started. You today, you have good news. You have good news. There, there's good news all around you in this message here today. In this message here today, I, I'm, I'm preaching for about a half hour. But somewhere in this message, I'm praying the Holy Spirit speaks to every single one of you something that you need to receive. Let, it, let him speak that to you. So unto you is born this day in the city of David. Now that's the city of Bethlehem. You know what's important about that? Because that's where these guys were. They were just outside the city of Bethlehem. You know what the angels say? Listen, the angels say, hey, and this Jesus is being born? He's just right over here. He's nearby. <clears throat> you understand that? He's nearby. That's a reason to celebrate. Is because this Jesus that has been born, this one who has come, this, this thing that has, is just beginning in you, and today now is good news to you, it's just, it's just started happening, but it's right here. Real close. You remember last week, I talked, if you were here, I talked last week about how this awesome God, I, don't, I, I, I can't fathom him. He's, he's just too amazing and wonderful and too holy and glorious for, for, for us. I mean, the best we are is filthy rags. That's what the Word of God says. The best our, of our righteousness is filthy rags. How in the world can we, ever, can we ever be reconciled to him? You know, here's some good news. Here's a reason to celebrate for you is because the Father doesn't sit up there in heaven and say, okay, find a way up here to me. You know, and, and we'll be one again. That's not what he said. He didn't do that, you know. Thank God. Because, it, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I played basketball, okay? Back when I played basketball, though, I didn't have much of a vertical leap then, maybe 26 inches, something like that, you know. But now I'm probably down to about 14 because it's been a long time, guys, you know. <laughs> uh, hanging on a rim, yeah, I need a stepladder for that, you know. So, uh, but in, in the same way, if I want to get closer, to, if I want to get closer to God more than about 14 or so inches, you know, I got to have some help, a stepladder or an airplane or something, you know. But you know what? He didn't say that. He didn't say, you got to find a way to get to me. Thank God. I don't know where he's at. I don't know how far it is to that throne room where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. But he didn't say that. He didn't say, you got to find me. He came to us. And the reason to celebrate is not that he's coming to us. He's already here. He's nearby. Whatever your needs are, whatever your problems are, he's right. So if, you gotta, if you're in a problem today, guess what? He's in the problem with you because he's nearby. If, if you've got a, a, a situation you can't figure out today, guess what? He's nearby. So again, another reason to celebrate. Today is born this, or unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, a Messiah. Christ means Messiah, which is Christ the Lord. That's redundancy, isn't it? You know what that means? Anybody? Definition? Redundant, right. Savior, Christ, or Messiah, Lord. I mean, he, he's just piling it on, isn't he? I like how he, he just piles it on. Let me tell you who I am. I'm your Savior. I'm your Christ. I'm your Lord. I'm your Messiah. It's just like when, when, when Moses said in, back in Exodus, when he said, 
God, who am I going to tell them has sent me? Tell them I am that I am. He's just saying, I'm everything. I'm all there is. I'm everything you could hope for, everything that you need. I am that I am. And that's what he's saying here. He's our Savior. He's our Christ, meaning Messiah. He's our Lord. He's all of, the, all of those things. That's who he is. And so we celebrate. Why? Because he forgave us for our sin. Now, see, that's what we see. We see that word Savior there, and that's what we think about, don't we? Is that he came to save us from our sin. He died from the cross of Calvary to wash away our sin. But that's not all the Savior has done. The Savior saves us has saved us, not just from our own personal sins, but he saves us from the curse of sin. You know what the curse of sin is? This world is falling apart because of the curse of sin. God created it in beauty, but it's falling apart. It's dying. It is, it is rotting away, and everything in it is rotting away because of the curse of sin. Because when Adam and Eve first sinned, they allowed sin into this world, and this world started falling apart. Like yesterday, I experienced the curse of sin yesterday. David's car was, uh, had a tire kind of bouncing. We took it over to Walmart. They changed the oil. They balanced, rotated the tires. I got back to pick it up, and they gave me a piece of paper. You ever, ever get one of those? They give you one of those. It's not ever good news, okay? It's not like this. It's not good news. But it, it took three of, my, of her four tires uh, down to three thirty seconds of an inch of tread. So we got to have tires real soon. You know why? Because her tires are under the curse of sin. They're rotting, they're wearing, uh, wearing out, they're rotting away, they're going away. You know, it, it, I, I guess if Adam and Eve had never sinned, you know, and we were alive today, I guess we'd just buy tires one time, they would never wear away, I guess. I, I, I don't know, but it, it's a symbol to me of how God does things for us. Because, you know what, I, I didn't get new tires yesterday. I didn't have somebody buy new tires or, or put new tires on the car or, or those tires didn't just miraculously come back. So when we say that he saves us from this, he saves us from the curse of sin, I don't necessarily mean that there's never any problems anymore, but you know what happens? He helps us with all of those things. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying tires by myself. God's going to help me buy those tires. He helps me, he helps me with everything. That's, and that's what we have is we have the promise of this help from that because he is the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And here, to me, here really, to me, is the thing that wraps up the sermon, even though we're not done. Okay, don't get too excited yet. Is that the angel said, and you will find. You will find. Now, I know the angel's saying, you're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. I know that's what the angel says to them. But understand this. What do you need today? What do you need today? You know, when I, when I said this sermon, uh, or the reason to celebrate and all that is, is only for people who have problems or you've got, you know, past history or things you can't get over or get out of your mind or deal with or you've got something, sh sh you know, staring you in the face this, this week. And, and what is it? Say it. Just say it. If you want to whisper it out loud or just say it in your mind, what, you, what is your great need? Because I, I want to I give you a promise. I'll give you the same promise that the, that the angel gave right here. What is your great need? Say it. Say it. Think it right now. Write it down in your mind's eye. Can you write, just write it down in your mind's eye? What is it? Let me tell you this. Here's the promise. You will find. You'll find it in him. Whatever that is that you said just a moment ago, this is my great need, you will find in him. You're not going to find it out there. You're not going to find it in me. You're not going to find it in your stuff. You're going to find it in him. But you will find. That's the promise is you will find. If you search for him, you will find. That promise has been made to everybody who has ever lived. If you search for him, you will find him. And when you find him, you will find. What do you find? You will find all that stuff up there already. That he's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Helper. He's the one that does all of these things for you. You will find. And, and suddenly there was with the angel the multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. 
peace, goodwill toward men. This is good news. This is reason to celebrate because you have all of that in Christ. Let me take you back six months before this story to where God speaks through an angel, through a dream. He actually sends an angel in a dream to Joseph to speak to him. Okay, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after Joseph had considered this, so here's the thing. Joseph's about to get married to Mary, and Mary comes up pregnant. And Joseph says, it's not my baby because we hadn't been together. And she's coming up pregnant. Now, now, I don't know what you would think, but what Joseph thought was, uh, I can't deal with this. This is not my child. And so he's a just man, devout man, word of God says in the verses right before this. So he is already devising a plan of how he can do this without really putting her on public display and making a spectacle out of her. And so he is considering all this. He's confused. He doesn't understand what's going on. I can't, I can't understand this. What's happening here? You know, I, I had the perfect little marriage set up, and all of a sudden there's my wife, and she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. And so that night, an angel in a dream speaks to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. You ever had anybody tell you something like that? I think I might have said that again last week also. Everybody, anybody ever tell you, just don't worry about it. You just want to slap them, don't you? I mean, when somebody tells you, you don't worry about something that, that's important to you, anybody like that? It's, it's, a, it's a good thing that, that the angel showed up in the dream because the angel had actually just been there in front of Joseph and said, don't worry about it, Joseph. Joseph said, I don't want to just slap him. You know? so, you're not the one engaged to a, a lady who's pregnant and pregnant, pregnant with somebody else's child. And, you know, things were different back in those days a whole lot more than today, okay? This was a big deal. It was a big deal. And it would have been a big deal to probably any other guy in this room today, too, because she was pregnant with somebody else's child. And so Joseph's like, you got to be crazy. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. He got just a little bit of, little bit of direction, didn't he? Because. Because. Here's what he got. He was said, don't be afraid. God brings peace. You're confused. You don't know what to do. You're saying, what in the world's happening here? And God brings peace. Don't be afraid. Because he doesn't just bring peace, but he tells you why not to be afraid. And he doesn't give a, get a whole lot of direction here, but he gets a little bit of direction. Here's, here's what I'm really hoping, and I know this will happen if you'll allow it to happen. He's here today. God's going to speak some little, little, little part of life. And when he speaks some little part of life into you, that'll be enough. God didn't tell Joseph, this is this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And this, this these are all the things. Here's the whole plan. He said, no. Just these few things. And he began to, but he did begin to tell him. He did begin to give him direction because, because, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What a direction did he give him? Don't be afraid. Take Mary home, be your wife and name him Jesus. Okay. So he got just this a little bit, just a few days ago. True story in my life. A moment of my, I, I, went, I was a God, God, I got to hear from you today. I need to hear from you. I, I don't want just a, you know, a feeling. God, I, want to, I, gotta, I need to hear from you today, God. You ever had one of those days? I had one of those days. I said, God, I need to hear from you. And less than 30 seconds later, I had this, I heard from God. I had this little, 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 bitty, little bitty piece of life spoken into my heart and my spirit. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't something you know, I could go write a book on or preach a great sermon on. You know, it wasn't something to blog or to tweet. It was, but it, to me, it was a little bit. And the most important thing was that I had asked God, and he said, okay, here's your little something. And he gave me a little piece. Of, but it was a piece of life. 
when, when a, a word coming from God is a piece of life. And when he gave that to me, it's like, wow, thank God. And I, I've been running on that for several, several, several days now. You know, ever since then, I've been, I've been looking back to that. That was a day I said, God, I need to hear from you. He said, okay, here I am. And he gave me a piece of life. And that's what is going to happen to you in this service day. And in every service, if you'll allow God to, in the middle of all these things that I'm saying, everything on the screen, coming out of this human mouth, God's going to take something. The Holy Spirit's going to take something and, and, and just one little piece of life and give to you. And if you'll embrace it and take it and accept it, it'll be something that you can run on for days as Joseph did. He didn't get a whole lot of direction. But God said, just do what I told you to do. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And, and some of you today, maybe, maybe your thing is looking back and, and saying, but you, you just don't know how bad I've been, Pastor. I can't tell you how many people have told me that kind of a thing. You, don't, you don't just don't understand how bad I've been, how, many, how, much, how much sin there is in my past and, and how, how really rebellious I've been against God. You just don't understand. And, and, and Pastor, I just don't see how God could forgive me of all that. I don't see how God could, could, could bless me through all that. I don't see how God could use me in all that. Same thing with Joseph. That's what he was struggling with. He was saying, oh, wait a minute, I had this beautiful marriage planned and now this this lady that i'm betrothed to she's shown up pregnant with somebody else how will god get glory out of this Moses, uh, joseph's like i don't understand how is god going to get glory out of this i can't fathom how god can take this and make this something awesome and you know what the angel says don't worry about it god has a plan he has a plan and he always has a plan it's a reason to celebrate because no matter how bad your past has been he still has a plan. And the last thing he says there, he says, you are to give him the name. Who, who names the child? You can, go back, you can go back to Matthew chapter 1 and find out with Zacharias. The father names the child. And so the angel is saying that even though all of this, you're still the man. You are still the dad. Every promise, every blessing that God has ever dreamed about you Regardless of the, of the sin of the past, as bad as this looked to Joseph, God is saying the, the blessings are still there. And no matter how bad your past, every blessing, everything God has ever dreamed about you is still there. His word says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. It's still there. Every blessing. And there's two more times, I'm going to take you to one of them, that an angel speaks to Joseph. Sometime after this, when the, the three wise, or we'd say three wise men, we don't know how many there are, there are, when the wise men come to see Jesus, they bring him their gifts. When they are leaving, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Again, get up, the angel says, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Is that bad news? If you just take that last bit and... Probably a lot of us, that's all we would hear is that last bit, right? It's like, oh, he's going to try to kill him. That part's bad news. But the first part of that was good news. The first part of that is God saw this. And God says, i got a plan. Even in this, I've got a plan. Yeah, I saw Mary. Mary you know, I know Mary's pregnant, but i got a plan. I know Herod's going to try to kill this baby, but i got a plan. i got a friend, great friend, one of my mentors. And if you've been around here a while, you've heard me say this. Is he told me one day, I was going through something, this was several years ago, I was going through something really tough, and he told me, he said, you know, nothing ever occurred to God. Yeah, think about that. There's never been a moment in eternity where Jesus turned to the Father and said, you know what just occurred to me? Nothing ever occurred to God. He knew everything. Whatever you're going through right now, he saw it a long time ago. What you're going to go through in the next two days, 
the next problem you've got, God already sees it. And he's already got a plan. And you know what he's saying right here? Look at this. A reason to celebrate is that God says, Joseph, I know the very worst that the enemy is planning against you. And I've already got a plan. He knows the very, the most wicked and evil thing that the enemy is planning against your family. But God's already got a way of escape. And he said, go to Egypt. And then I'll tell you when Herod's dead and you can come back. Come on, somebody. No matter what the enemy is planning against your future, no matter what he's plotted against you, no matter what he's destroyed in your life, God already sees the very most wicked and evil. He already sees it. Nothing is hidden from his sight, even the worst that the enemy is planning. But God already has a plan against that. Let me take you real quick to Mary. Okay, Mary's story. And this is in actually Luke chapter 1. That's the wrong, uh, notice that in second service. That's the wrong scripture reference. The angel went in to Mary and said, the angel. So this is God's messenger. God is speaking to Mary. Okay, God was speaking to the others as well, but this one is, this one's really personal, okay? The angels were speaking to the shepherds about the whole world. The angel was speaking to, to Joseph about his family and those around him. The angel is now speaking to Mary very personally. God speaks to us personally. He doesn't just speak to us on Sunday morning with a crowd. He doesn't just speak to our family. He speaks to us personally also. Mary is not the only person who has ever heard from God. Every person sitting here has heard God's voice. You might have said no, you might have ignored it, but you've heard God's voice. Here is a reason to celebrate this big, awesome, huge God that I do not understand. He is too great for my imaginations and understanding, and yet he takes time to talk to me. He, he has taken time to talk to you and you, every one of us. He speaks to every one of us and, and, and shares, shares these little pieces of life with every one of us. And so every time, you, every time you hear from God, don't take that for granted. Don't just pass it off and say, oh man, that is awesome. The king of this universe has spoken to me. Just like he spoke to Mary. I mean, you know, ladies back in those, that day, they thought, oh, she's so, she's so awesome. God has favored her by speaking to her. He speaks to all of us. He speaks to all of us. And that was the thing. Greetings, uh, the angel said, you are highly favored. Mary is not the only person to hear from God. Mary is not the only one that is favored. You are favored. You are favored. You, I, I know you might argue with me and say, Pastor, you don't know what we've been going through. No, you are favored in so many ways. Just look around you. You're favored. You, you watch the news? Look around you. You are favored. I know you might not have steak and lobster every night at your house. If you do, you need to invite me over sometime. But you might not have steak and lobster at your house. But looking around, I can't see many people look like they've missed many meals around. How many, have you missed many meals? This next week and a half, every one of us is going to eat more than we need to eat. Come on, amen or oh me. You ought to help the pastor preach right there. We're going to eat more than we got. And, and I, I don't know if this has started at your house, but, you know, uh, I got, I got two grandkids living in my house with me, you know, right now. And so, you know, we started a couple of weeks ago. We started clearing out the toys. We started gathering toys up to throw away. And some we took to, you know, those that had all the pieces and, you know, what too broken, we took to the thrift store or whatever. And what were we doing? We were making room for all that stuff Santa Claus is about to bring, right? You think about it. We are going to throw more away in this month than most people in this world have in an entire year. We are stinking, filthy, spoiled by God. You don't believe me? You need to see me after service. I just need to tell you how spoiled and how favored you are by God.
Just to be born here where we're born in, the, in this time, in this place. Is it, how far did you have to drive to go to church today? I don't know, some of you might say, well, I drove five, six miles. No, but you know what? You probably passed four or five churches on your way to these five or six. I mean, if you don't live, if you don't live down Tommytown here, you, you probably pass a church on your way to here. And you know, if, if our car breaks down on Sunday morning, well, I couldn't get to church because my car broke down and there are people all over the world walking to church farther than you and I drove to church. You are so stinking filthy, spoiled by your God. You are favored. And that is a reason to celebrate because you are so favored. Don't take that for granted because it could be gone. It could be gone in an instant. But we are, we are favored. Uh, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She was troubled. She was just like Joseph. I don't understand what in the world's going on here. But listen, you don't have to understand God. You remember I talk about the Trinity a lot in explaining this. I don't understand the Trinity, okay? But that's the way God explains himself to us. Three or one, one is three. But that, that, I, I, talk to me all day long if you want to about it. I will never understand how three or one and one or three, okay? I don't understand that. But I don't have to understand God to stand under his blessings and receive them. And, and, and Mary didn't understand it, but she finally said, let it be so, even according to God's word. She was troubled at his words, wondering what kind of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are going to call him Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the most high. And the next verse, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, asked the angel, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Again, I still don't get this. I don't understand it. And the angel answered, the, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I don't understand. You don't have to understand it. Mary is not the only person to have heard from God. She is not the only person to have favor with God, and she is not the only person to have this promise right here. The promise of the Holy Spirit to come upon her. Acts chapter 2 says the promise is to everyone. As many as the Lord our God should call, those from far, those from near, the promise is to everyone that God calls. And what is the promise? That the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And to her, to conceive, to create, to begin this amazing life that would be the Son of God. And in you, you have the same promise. Not to be pregnant with a child, but to be pregnant with something awesome that God wants. That within you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you to conceive something amazing in your life. Some dream, as we talk about around here. Some amazing miracle that God wants to work through you, in your family, in your neighborhood. But the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit is to all those even those who are far off, as many as God would call. You have the promise of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is power. I mean, and this, this is really why Jesus Christ came. He didn't just come to forgive us of our sin. That was only part of it. He died so we could be forgiven of our sin. But so the Holy Spirit would begin to regenerate us and put us in right, right relationship with God to reconcile us back to him so that we would have power and strength to get through the things that we need to get through in this life. You got any problems? You have the promise of the Holy Spirit and power. You got a real problem that's bigger than, you know, just a couple of prayers and a couple of verses of Scripture. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and conceive something amazing in your life. Something so amazing that it can only happen by the power of God. 
you have that promise. I want to ask you to do something.